This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast, where this week I've got three very special guests on again to preview the massive game on Sunday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Tottenham Hotspur take on Chelsea, but of course Spurs are sitting in the top four right now and Chelsea are a mid-table team, but we always seem to struggle against Chelsea. So let's see what happens on Sunday. Let's introduce the three very special guests this evening. We've got Lee the Dorset Spur back with us. Lee, how are you? Yeah, hi everyone. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Just back from holiday, so I'm feeling good at the moment. So ask me in a week or so how I'm feeling, and uh, or ask after Sunday even, and uh, it might be a little bit of a different answer. Are you feeling good as a Spurs fan, though, Lee? That's the most important thing. Well, I'm feeling good because when I was away, I missed both the Leicester game and the AC Milan game. So, so I was out of all that stress. So all I've seen is a, is a win against the Spammers. So I'm all right. I'm okay with that. Good stuff. Well, lovely to have you back on. Uh, we've also got uh, Holly back with us. Holly, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me on again. It's nice to chat to you guys and to everybody in the chat. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling all right. I'm, I'm glad it's Friday. Let's put it that way. Holly, very early on, let's get a plug in for your channel. Tell everyone what you do and, and uh, you know, tell everyone about your channel. Uh, yeah, so I just do, uh, it's called Holly Hotswares Live. Every Monday, I just kind of dissect the game that's just gone and preview the game coming up. Uh, you can find it under my name, Holly Agafar. So, yeah, thank you, Chris, uh, for letting me do that and, and jumping on with you. Thank you very much. And we've also got Gareth back with us, channel regular. Gareth, how are you? All good, Chris. It's great to be on before a game, so we can relax a wee bit tonight. Don't have to, don't have to go too, too hard tonight on the team or the manager, so I can just relax and get ready for the weekend. Big game, so looking forward to it. Gareth, let's start the show with you. Um, of course, we've just come off a 2-0 uh, a win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against West Ham. What did you make of that game? And uh, it's nice to see Spurs back in the top four. That's that's it, Chris. Exactly. Um, the game first half was quite pedestrian piece, kind of what we've been accustomed to this season. Um, but most games, especially at home, we've been able to rally, and you know we we 
it was a very one-sided second half. You know, West Ham rarely threatened. They had that one chance after we scored. Um, but it was really comfortable once we got our first goal. You know, we got the second with um, Sonny coming off the bench. I'm sure we'll be talking about Sonny tonight. Has he better coming off the bench? Uh, is there a nurse shaking on the background there somewhere? Lee, would you mind yeah. just muting your mic? I think we're getting a lot of background noise from your family. <laughs> I'm looking looking after my grand my granddaughter's here today, so she's uh, she's having a bit of a chin wag in the next room. Uh, Rain family night for Lee, um, but no. Um, as I said, Sonny coming off the bench, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll speak about that later on um, with the team team yeah. selection for, for Sunday. But um, look, we 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 put West Ham to bed. Probably, I expect it to be a much tougher game because West Ham usually really turn up for us, um, especially when they come away to us. They always seem to give us a hard game. But it was comfortable, Chris, and uh, you have to give the boys credit. Um, certain players that have been criticised have stepped up. Um, you know, there was a lot of question marks raised about Ben Davis, Bennett left wing back. Um, he, he had a solid game. Emerson seems to be getting better and better by the game, um, which is crazy. But no, look, great, great, great result. But it counts for an awful if we don't build on it this weekend. Holly, let's come to you on the same um, question. Um, the West Ham game, it, it, it was a dull 45 minutes, but that second half, it seemed to be very comfortable for Spurs. West Ham didn't really give a lot, did they, in that second 45 minutes? It was like it was really strange because, like um, Gareth has kind of said, you kind of expect West Ham to turn up for this fixture. And if throughout, they just were non-existent. And it is very bizarre. Um, but I thought we managed the game well. Like you said, the first 45 minutes was a snooze fest. Um, I thought it was slightly better, though, in recent games, obviously, that Leicester defeat. We're probably less spoken about that, the better. But again, I feel like we're slowly getting into the game. But again, it takes 45 minutes. And it's like, what do we need to do? To, to, to wake ourselves up in the first half. Um, hopefully Chelsea is a different story. Um, but yeah, you're right. Second half was a breeze. Emerson Royale, I've given him so much criticism, but somehow I managed to jink players for the best because uh, he is playing out of his skin at the moment, which is great. Um, so yeah, credit to the boys for the second half. Just hope against Chelsea, we do come out first half steaming. Holly, what do you put that down to though? Because beating the champions Manchester City one week, mm-hmm. we then travel to Leicester, we get absolutely thumped up there. We come back, we beat West Ham. How would you describe these last few weeks? I honestly, I would say it's probably cliche, but probably a roller coaster because you never know what you're going to expect with Spurs. And it's so infuriating because one week, like I say, we're breezing for it. The next week, it's a complete meltdown out of nowhere. And I don't understand how that happens, especially against the likes of Leicester. Um, and then to go to West Ham and let them come to our ground, we don't let them get really get a minute of the ball. It's a bit like... Okay, so we've lost one week, and then, and then the next week we've managed to beat our London rivals. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, I think it's possibly that determination to be like, okay, we've got West Ham. We know they want to come to us and do one us, over us, and we managed to pull one out of the bag. I think it's, it's. I don't want to say it, but it feels like, oh, it's only Leicester. We'll be fine against Leicester, or it's West Ham. We've got to be up for this game. I think it's that kind of mentality. We're never on it all the time because of the opposition we're playing. I think. Lee, let's come to you. Um, now, you just said you were on holiday during that Leicester game. You know, we'd just beaten the champions, Manchester City. We then travelled to Leicester. You must have been very surprised by that performance and result. But then, of course, we've turned it around against West Ham. I know we're going to be talking about the Chelsea game shortly. It's going to be a very tough game on Sunday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But how would you describe the last few weeks? Yeah, I mean, like Holly says, it's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster. You just never know what you're going to get with with Tottenham, do you? And I, and and to be honest with you, I do honestly believe, and I've said it many times, that you just don't know what can happen in the Premier League. 
any team can can beat any team. It's just a really strange uh, thing, and that's what makes the Premier League better than a lot of other leagues because you you can get that out of the out of the hat sort of result like Southampton against Chelsea last week and stuff like that. And us beat us beating City, you know, people don't see it coming. So when it happens, it's a bit of a shock and stuff. So I, I just think it's 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 the competition of the Premier League. I think anyone can beat anyone on their day, and it just depends on which team turns up and who wants it the most and how they set out, like, like the West Ham game. I mean, they were just so anti. They weren't interested. They wasn't attacking. They wasn't pushing or anything. And I think that played into our hands, into the fact that we got like, well, OK, they're not going to, they're not really going to trouble us, so we might as well go for it. And I think that's the, the mentality of why, why it went the way it did. Lee, how are you feeling ahead of this Chelsea game? Mate, I hate Chelsea. You know, I, I really hate that club. Um because we just have such a crap record against them. It's like, you know, they call us, you know, three-point lane and all that sort of stuff. And it's just infuriating because there's no there's no reason for it. I mean, they've had their they've had their success and, and all the rest of it. And and that's great for them, but there should be opportunities for us to have beat them. And we just don't seem to be able to. And that's what really, really infuriates me. The fact that they're mid-table and going through a crisis doesn't mean anything. I, I think they'll still come and they'll still give us a really difficult game. And and I'm not, and I, I hate to say it, but I'm not confident that we're just going to turn them over just because they are where they are. Because like I just said, anyone can beat anybody on their day. So you just, you really just don't know what's going to happen. But we've got to break that hoodoo at some point. Well, we do have a terrible record against Chelsea at our brand new home, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Chelsea have won all three league matches at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium by an aggregate score of 6-0. Gareth, why do we seem to struggle against Chelsea? Uh, it's a funny one, Chris, because I was going to say just before you said it there, I think we've actually played them four times, if you include last year's cup game, the second leg of the Kjartan Cup yeah. or the League Cup. I mean, we lost that game as well. Um, I don't think we've... Have we actually scored a goal against them at, at our new stadium? I, I'm not sure. I think we've lost every game. Uh, I think we lost 3-0 we've lost 1-0 twice and 2-0 so we haven't we, actually scored a goal against them we did actually beat them in a cup competition a couple of years back um, but oh, of course right. we, 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 we we're, talk, we're, we're talking about yeah we're talking about league competition but in league competition uh, we have not scored a goal uh, past them um, uh, aggregate score of 6-0 out of three league games and then it's it's the complete opposite with Man City we beat them every time we play them so it's, it's funny how records can set in and of course, it's, look, if you look at the majority of our squad, they would have been present for most of the games. So that's going to play a part in mentality. And our, our record of Stafford Bridge is, is terrible as well. So ones against Chelsea have been pretty scarce um, in the last you know, 10, 15 years. Um, but definitely over the last three or four years, it's they, we haven't had that. Um, and we've not actually turned up against them as well, Chris, which has been poor. You know, we've been well beat in all them Premier League games. So as I said, some, we spoke about West Ham. Um, Holly was saying she was um, surprised that West Ham didn't turn up, and you'd be surprised if Chelsea didn't turn up on Sunday because I, I think for Chelsea were their were their biggest game as well. So, look, I, I've been speaking to some of my mates this week. They're Liverpool fans, and they're like, "Do you know what? If Chelsea want one game at the moment, it's probably Spurs because of their record against them." So, make no mistake about it; it's going to be a tough game, Chris. Um, and, as, and as you said there, you know, going to Leicester one week and getting beat, beating Man City the other week. It's like our good friend Gary. We're like a bag of pick mix You don't know if you're going to get a strawberry or a fried egg at the moment. Well, I'll tell you what. I spoke to Gary yesterday and he believes that we're going to lose. That's what he said. 
Well, he, he probably doesn't want to say anything in front of Victoria because she's a big Chelsea fan, isn't she? So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, um, Tottenham have won seven of their 61 Premier League games against Chelsea and are winless in the past eight top flight meetings. This game on Sunday will be the 150th league meeting between the two sides. Spurs winning 47, Chelsea winning 64 and 38 of them finishing as a draw. Um, Chelsea have only won one of their last 10 matches in all competitions in 2023 and just two of their last 14 league games. They have scored eight goals in, in those 14 matches, the fewest of any side during that run. Holly, dare I say it, this is probably the best time to play Chelsea, isn't it? It really is. Um, again, with the with our record against them this season, where we managed to pip a point off them at the bridge, also makes you feel a little bit hopeful. And like you said, that run of form at the minute is not looking great for them. Um, also, I think to myself, we're at home. Surely after beating West Ham, all, all of us fans are going to be up for it. So surely the team must be as well. But yeah, off the of form, the fact that Potter is having an absolute mare, the fact that we've seen Decky in the week doing his Ron Weasley impression, it just makes you wonder that he's going to go there and do some magic. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more confident than I ever have before. Let's put it that way. Well, Chelsea's nine away games about victory in all competitions is their longest run since um, the 17-match streak from April 2000 to January 2001. Lee, I want to come to you on the same question. Um, best time to play them? I think I, I, with Potter still being in charge, I think that's a, that's a benefit for us. I dare I say that because I think if they'd have lost their manager and had someone come in, I'd be more worried about new manager bounce and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think, yeah, you know, there's never going to be a better time because basically because of where they are and what they're going through. But I don't know, maybe it's the pessimist of me. Maybe it's because I'm an old man and been through so much of this pain that I kind of always refer back to the Dr. Tottenham will see you now. You know, you're going through your worst period. You desperately need the points to, to start getting the fans back on Potter's side. Uh, come to Tottenham, they're probably thinking it's a great time to come to us as well. So, yeah, I, I'm not overly, overly confident. Of course, I want, us, I want us to smash them. Absolutely want us to smash them. But do I think it's going to happen? I think it's going to be really tight. I think it's going to be really difficult. And I think if we get a, I think it's more, more likely to be a draw than anything, if I'm being brutally honest. Lee, what have you made of the job that Christian Stellini has done? in the absence of Antonio Conte? Well, it's, I mean, the, the results have been great for him, haven't they? I mean, he's, he's done well. He's won all his games and everything. He seems really a really good speaker. He seems really assured. The fans are behind him. The, the, the guy who does the singing um, in the Southside Bar, he's got a new song about him that I saw on the, at the weekend. And the fans were right up for that. So I think he's, I think he's grown on people. And I think he's, you know, he's done as, as well as he can be. I mean, let's not forget, we've got a depleted squad at the moment where he's having to pick some players that he perhaps wouldn't pick. You know, he's, he, you know we've lost Benton Cole, we've lost um, uh, Hugo and so on. Basima, you know, so, it, I mean, he's, he's in a really difficult position. So I think he's doing really well considering where, where we're at. Lee, are you surprised by Chelsea's position in the league table right now? Because they got 31 points from 23 games. Um, they seem to be very inconsistent. They've won eight, they've drawn seven, they've lost eight. They've got a goal difference of zero. This is not the sort of uh, place where, you know, the the normal, uh, you know, not even being a Chelsea fan, uh, would expect Chelsea to be in the league table, is it? 
Absolutely not. I mean, the, the Chelsea fans are pulling their hair out, those that have still got some. I mean, they're, they're losing their shit over it. Um, and it's all going down. It's all going down to Potter, isn't it? But at the same time, you can't keep... I mean, they've had lots of success, even chopping and changing managers. But that's got to come to an end at some point. I mean, they've spent mega money, loads of money on players. How how has they all settled in together? How are they all working together and so on? What kind of egos have you got in the change room? How's Potter managing that? So for me, I always like the idea of a bit more consistency, you know, a bit more time for people and, and not every man has to be a superstar. And maybe that's what's catching up with them. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not close enough to, to Chelsea to know that, but I just know the Chelsea fans I know are, are going mad about it and, 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 and are desperately calling for change, which is crazy, really, when they've had so much change that you would think that they would, would, would want some stability moving forward. What have you made of the uh, job that Graham Potter's done there um, at the moment, Gareth? Well, you know, uh, mine goes about two years ago. I wanted Potter at Spurs um, before yeah. we appointed um, Nuno. Um, look, um, being a coach myself, like, I sympathise with him. He's got, and Gary Neville spoke about it during the week, he's got 33 first-team players there. And he said when he was at Valencia, he had 23 players, and he found it difficult because, you know, you're only going to pick... 11 players to start and you're only going to make three to five subs most times you might even make five subs so you've got realistically half of that squad no one no one are not going to play um i'm of chelsea out of both cup competitions they're they're not you know they're one all down to dortmund so you could possibly have all one game a week with all them um, players um which is difficult for any coach to be honest chris um and you know, like a lot of our fans are calling for us to spend a lot of money but chelsea went out and spent an absolute bomb in terms of you know They've just went out and spent like a kid in a sweet shop. And it doesn't always bring any success. And especially with they've signed so many young players that have no Premier League experience. They haven't got a striker in their squad, bar the young lad they signed, I think Fafana. You know, Aubameyang's not, not in favour. Um, they've let the Kyaki go. So they're really struggling. They score goals, hence why their goal difference is at zero. So look, you kind of think that at some stage Chelsea have to click, but you know what, from what I'm seeing. Um, I'm not expecting it to click at all um, until maybe next season when he can shove some of the players out. I think that's why they were desperate to get to get rid of Alexa Jorginho for they just let him go to shit for the Chelsea for or the Arsenal for eight million, you know, just to try and get players out. Um, but they've got they've got a massive squad there. They didn't have to leave Aubameyang to the Champions League squad and, and everything. So it's obviously a very difficult um, job for any coach to go in there. I think even a very experienced coach would struggle. But the fact that Potter's not had that kind of experience at a top club before makes it even more challenging and they go on what Lee said about Stellini being a great speaker I think Potter's actually handled the the pressure quite well you know he doesn't bite at the media he, you know even when they had that bad decision against West Ham some of yourselves with a handball a clear handball in the last minute and he think they're desperate to want a game he really had an excuse there to blame the referee but he, he didn't so that's one of the things I quite liked about Potter at Brighton he, he never looks for excuses beyond the he'll blame himself before he looks at anything else and I'm sure Potter will be will be desperate to try and fix it and He'll know the fact that they've got a great record against Spurs. He'll, be, he'll have the players pumped up. But, you know, it's very difficult for, for a team that's not creating loads of chances um, and not really playing that well together. A team that's been, you know, they only know each other a few weeks if you look at all the players that's come in. It's very, very difficult for them just to click in one game. So, look, it is, I think Chelsea's going to be really there for the ticking. Chris, I think it's really, really, really important that we start fast. I don't want to see us come out slow and let Chelsea grow into the game. Because if we let them grow into the game, they might actually think, you know what? A Spurs about Bentancur in midfield, they're missing their best midfielder. You know, For Forrester hasn't been convincing in nets. You know, I know Lloris hasn't, but that game against Leicester, I thought Forrester was poor. 
So, you know, he didn't have anything to do against West Ham, really. So if they get an ankle and we're there full of ticking, it might give them the confidence that they're searching for. So it's really it's really important we come out of the blocks. If we get an early goal, Chris, I think we're going to we're gonna win comfortably. So I don't really see Chelsea scoring two, three, four goals. They, they, most they have won or they have won on them. But they haven't been able to score that many goals. So look, as I said, they keep reiterating, start fast and let the game take care of itself from there. I should have said, actually, today marks the 15th year anniversary of our last trophy win against Chelsea, 2-1. Uh, in the League Cup. Please. Does it really seem like 15 years? It's a long time. Oh, that guy was still a Premier School. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Well, um, Chelsea's um, eight Premier League games so far in the calendar year of 2023, they've only won one out of eight. Drawn four, lost three. They've only scored four goals in those eight games. One in their last four. They are really struggling for goals at the moment. In today's press conference ahead of the Spurs game, um, Graham Potter... Uh, came into the press conference room, um, joked and said, I've just come out of a crisis meeting. Uh, there is support from the board. This is what you had to say. Oh, yeah. Sorry, mate, guys, I've just come out of a crisis meeting. <laughs> How was it? Well, still here. <laughs> you, you just joked about a crisis meeting, and there obviously have been reports this week that you've had a message of support from the board. Have you? Have you spoken to them this week? And have they put their support behind you? Yes, I've spoken to them, yeah. And there's, oh, yeah, it's the same, same as it's always been. There's always been support. I mean, I've been under pressure here for four months from you guys, don't forget. So I've had constant, uh, have you spoken to the owners and I, have you support? So um, that, that continues. They've been great. They've been brilliant. Um, I think they, they also see where we're at. At the same time, frustrated because the results are where we are and, and we have to do better. My quote is, it's probably the toughest job in football. That was a few weeks ago. And there are lots of factors for that. And, and again, if you just take the season, a suboptimal pre-season. <clears throat> um, speaking to a couple of the, the, the experienced guys, sort of thought it was the worst pre-season they've had for different reasons. It's not to blame anybody for different reasons that, that happened. Then there's a, then, what kind of reasons were they, were they giving for that? Um, I don't think I want to speak about that i think it's more just organizationally it was it was for different reasons the tour didn't quite work as well as they'd like etc etc i wasn't there so i can't say holly do you think he's under pressure do you think it will last until the end of the season to be honest with you i think the chelsea fans are getting very impatient and when i'm not seeing uh results they are probably the biggest fan base to jump on its back especially when they're so used to winning things and being up that high in the table um yeah, I, th I want to say that he will because, again, they bought all these players. It seems an absolute waste to, to get the players in that the manager wants to then just get rid of them. Um, but again, it's Chelsea. Who really knows? Um, so, yeah, it could go either ways, to be honest. Well, the team news for Chelsea on Sunday, Aspilicueta, Kante and Pulisic are all out of the game. Um, at the start of the season, of course, in the last meeting in August, the game ended 2-2 at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Thomas Tuchel and Antonio Conte... Um, having a bit of a scuffle at the end of the game. It seems strange, Holly, doesn't it? The fact that um, neither manager will be in the dugout on Sunday. It is very odd. Um, I'm hope I was hoping for round two, maybe it would be Stellini that stepped up to the mark. But like I say, they're both not going to be there. So it's going to be rather odd. Um, but again, I don't think it's not going to be full of power and passion. I think it's not only is it going to be a game of starting the game fast, it's going to be a game of um, mentality, psychological warfare. I think that's something that we really need to 
I think, add to our game. Um, because again, it could turn into the Battle of the Bridge, but I feel like we're missing that in these type of games. And this could be the thing that could maybe tear us over the edge to maybe get a result against them at home. Ollie, you just mentioned that key word there, mentality. Um, Christian Stellini in his press conference, I've just got a short clip now. He said Spurs must show stronger mentality. We have the same point we had last season and we reach uh, the fourth position. We can do it uh, also this year, but we have to, um, to feel in confidence to do it. Because last season, when we uh, when we when we were lost uh, all the cup, all the Europa competition, we start to feel in confidence because we have time to work during the week. This season, we hope we don't have this possibility, but mentally we have to be better. Lee, let's come to you. Stellini is talking about top four there. Um, how confident are you right now about Spurs finishing in the top four? Uh, well, yeah, I'm confident. I, I'm confident that it can be done for sure. But like he said, it's all about consistency. And that's what we lack, you know, more than anything. And I think, you know, having these injuries now is, is a real issue because the, the depth of the squad doesn't feel strong enough with all these other teams kind of baying at you, at, you know, from behind you kind of thing. But I think... You know, it's all still to play. It's all still to play for. You know, until you're out of it, you're still in it, right? And I just think <laughs> the thing that bothers me most about it is that everyone sees top four as a success. You know, and that that kind of bothers me, if I'm honest. And I've said that to you way back, talking to you when we were really. You know, and, and I'm like, you know, top four. It's like the holy grail. And for me, I'm just. I'm just not not up for that. I, you know, I want to see us win the FA Cup. You know, I want to see us win the Champions League. You know, I want if we're going to be in it, let's try to win it. You know, uh, rather than putting all your eggs in just recouping that money all the time because that's success for the owners, not for the not for the fans. Um, but it's what they kind of play for. So what he was suggesting there is where we came out last season, we got out of all of the cups very very quickly, one after the other. It then allowed them to concentrate on getting top four, which was the success. For me, I, you know, I don't see that, that that way. But going back, just if I can go back to the Potter interview, it was yeah. really interesting in the way he came out. He was all jovial and laughing and everything. And he did talk quite confidently. But if you watch what he was saying, there was an awful lot in there where he kept saying the situation we're in and, and circumstances and stuff like that. And when he was pushed on it, he wouldn't really say what, what those were, which kind of sounds a little bit like excuses and then put his other... You know, the way he was coming across as just a bit of bravado, you know, that's kind of how I read it. Because initially I was like, well, he's a bit confident. And then kind of I just listened to him and I was thinking, no, nah, mate, that's just a bit of bravado there. You're just trying to blag it, you know. And well, that's what I'm hoping anyway. I'm no psychiatrist, but that's what I'm hoping anyway. But yeah, so sorry I've digressed. But, you know, I'm confident that top four is still there, but it's going to be difficult because... Teams like Newcastle ain't gonna ain't gonna just give it up, are they? You know, Man United are there. Chelsea, I'm sure that it will come together at some point. I'm sure it will for them, which is really a worry. But you know, I mean, look at that. Even Fulham, you know, doing on a great season, which is my next door neighbour, be well chuffed because he's a Fulham fan. So, you know, there's a lot still to play for. But I'm confident that we can do it, um, provided we maintain our consistency and start putting a decent run together. And we generally do better at the back end of a season. So, 
Lee, the amount of times I've had a conversation, certainly in the last couple of weeks, with Spurs fans, and they seem to say, I've got a real feeling about the FA Cup this year. You know, 15 years, as I said, 15 years to the day since we won our last trophy. It's about time uh, we won silverware. And, you know, the likes of Harry Kane, Son, Lloris haven't won any silverware at Tottenham. Um, are you feeling Are you feeling it about the FA Cup this year? Um, I, I've got a feeling that we'll get somewhere this year. I, I do feel that, that there's an opportunity for us this year. I mean, the last time we won a cup, I had black hair. I mean, that's how long ago it was, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, it's a bad time. It's a bad time we've done something, you know. And, and I'd just like us to go all out for it. I mean, you need a bit of luck, don't you? I look at the Champions League, getting to that final. We had a lot of luck to get to that final. You know, we yeah. weren't playing particularly well. It was it was a difficult time all, all round. The football wasn't particularly good and we got to a final. If only we'd just, if only Sissoko had just hadn't been pointing, that could have been a whole different story, right? So we just need that bit of luck. And if we get that bit of luck, we could go all the way. And I, I'd just love to see it. The FA Cup was really special. I know, you know, some of you are too young to, to know <laughs> what it feels like to win an FA Cup. But I've been there and I tell you, there's no feeling like it, you know, for me anyway. So the amount of times, Lee, I say that all I want to see is that bus parading down that high road, seeing the lights of Hugo lifting a trophy. Wouldn't it just be amazing? It would, it would be absolutely amazing. And if, you've, if you've never had it, honestly, it's, there's no feeling like seeing that, seeing that happen. Gareth, let's come to you. Um, now, this is the lineup that um, Conte strokes Delaney went with uh, against West Ham um, at the weekend. Um, Forster in goal, the back three of Romero, Dyer and Lengley. The wing backs, Davis and Emerson. Uh, in midfield, Skip and Hoybier. And in the front three of Kulisewski, Richarlison and Kane. Um, subs at the weekend was Sanchez, Son, Perisic, Danjuma, Poro, Tankanga, uh, Mora, Saar and Austin. Gareth, yeah. what changes would you expect um, Stellini and Conte to make this weekend against Chelsea? Um, look, I think a team picks itself. Um, I think that the one big decision they've got, Richarlison or Son, I think he'll, he'll stick with uh, Emerson. I don't think he can come out of the team the way he's playing. Um, Davis, I think the way he played last week as well, I'd be surprised if he changed that up. I think he might bring Poro and Perisic in midweek for the Sheffield game because it's a game you'd expect to see dominant with them being one division below. So it might suit for more attacking wingbacks. And the fact that we are playing so many games as well, there will be, there will be rotation. So I think he might have an eye on Wednesday because that's a big game as well, as we've said about the FA Cup. So I think he'll stick with Emerson and he'll stick with Davis. The big ones, Richarlison or Sean. And for me, I would put Richarlison on there. Not because I think he's a better player than Son, just for his aggression and the fact that if we do get a goal up, I think Sonny's a great substitute off the bench because if the game stretches, he's your man. I think the first half's going to be pretty tight. I don't really see us blowing Chelsea away. I don't see them doing it to us. I think it's going to be very edgy. Um, and I think that's a game Son at times struggles on because he, he tries to do too much and he runs with his head down and he gives the ball away. I think like last week when he came on, we were 1-0 up. It really, really suited him. And if you think about him running the players that have played 60 minutes in a high-intensity game, he, he's your man. Um, and it might, it might seem harsh on Sonny because he did look good when he came on last week. But, you know, his two best performances this season have been against, have been against in the Premier League, anyway, have been against Leicester and West Ham when he's come off the bench. So, you know, there might be Sonny on that, Chris. I, I would I would stick Richarlison on there just for his aggression, keep Sonny fresh, bring him off the bench, and hopefully he makes it a, a 2 or 3 nil one and we run away with the points. 
But look, just as the just as the boys were saying about aggression there, look, I don't think this is the same Chelsea team in terms of we would have seen back in August. You know, Tuchel ain't there. I don't really see the aggression in Potter. They've brought on a lot of young players who aren't used to the Premier League, so I don't really see that battle of the bridge team happening. I think it's going to be a different kind of game. Um, so, look, it's it's important we're aggressive, but I don't really see Chelsea being that aggressive because of the personality now we have. Um, so, if we can bully them a wee bit and then get that goal in front, knock their confidence, make them a bit more fragile, Sonny's your man off the bench. I mean, if you're a Chelsea fan and you're seeing Sonny come off the bench with 30 minutes to go, you're terrified. Holly, what do you make of the uh, the Hunmin Son situation? Because as Gareth said there, benched against Leicester, come off the bench, scored a hat-trick, benched against West Ham, uh, sorry, um, at the weekend, um, come off the bench, um, scored again. Um, is it right that Richarlison is given a chance yet again and a start uh, against Chelsea at the weekend, or should Son be in the, the starting eleven? It is difficult because we all love we all love Sonny, but when you're sat here thinking he's, he, it's not that he's not turning up for games. He's just not. I don't think his head's in it, and I think when he comes off from the bench, he has to start straight away. And I think that is a good thing for us. And we always talk about how we've got no impact players on the bench, and to think to have Sonny sitting on there, be like, right, guys, okay, Richarlison's added his aggression. He's 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 a bit of a wind up merchant. Now let's go and let's put Sonny on. I think that's such a good dynamic to have. And again, we don't have many players off the bench that, that can really have the impact that Sonny can have. So, yeah, I'd say start Richie. And the other one for me is, do you start Emerson when you know Pedro Porro's got a bit of history with Felix? You're thinking, hmm, let's put Pedro Porro on. Let's wind Felix up in the middle. I, it's really difficult. But again, Emerson's been playing so well. So does he have that chance to be dropped? Would you drop him? It's very strange. But yeah, in terms of Sonny, it's a very strange situation to be. But again, I don't think it's a bad one. I think it works either way for us, I think. Do you remember Solskjaer at United? He was brilliant at coming off the bench and scoring mm. goals. You know, that's the kind of... We saw him like at the minute. That's what you kind of feel like. He can make a massive impact off the bench. And I think you have to... I know Son will be disappointed, but you have to think about the overall team and would it suit better if Richardson plays? You know, he's not scoring goals, but it, it, he is a handful because he does he does cause havoc. And he, he will, you know, even if he's not playing well, he'll go he'll smash somebody and he'll wind Chelsea up. And I, I think that sometimes is what we're missing a wee bit. One hundred percent. I think that's the thing. I think it'll be a lot of mind games because, again, we need to be up for it. But it will be that wind up merchant that we get from Richarlison. I think we, like you said, we kind of miss that from Spurs. And I think in a game like this, is something we really need. So yeah, bring Sonny off from the bench. I think. Holly, what do you make of the um, the performances lately of Emerson Royale? Can you believe it? It's a madness, honestly. That man's eating four Weetabixes before every game. I honestly, I can't, I can't get my head around it because I'm gonna hold my hands up. I'm probably not the best person uh, to talk about Emerson because he he does wind me up, and I think he wound a lot of players up. But the fact that he's stuck at his game, he's managed to ignore all the hate he's got, and now he's turning out performances week in week out. It's a big credit to him. But yeah, I, I think someone's body snatched him or something because he literally looks like a different player. Holly, also, what did you make of uh, Ben Davis as left wing back? Again, I don't know what's gone on with him because it is another performance that he played out of his skin. But again, when you look at the way he crosses the ball, which I think Perisic has been doing quite well, but again, it's it's kind of peeled off a little bit of latter. So the fact that Davies managed to slot in, because I didn't think he'd have the legs to get back, but again, he was proving that he can do his defensive duties. And I don't know whether that's because we've got Romero in that back line to direct the back of lines to push across when Davies is pushing up. I'm not too sure, but I think he's done a shift as well. And I actually like the way that a ball's coming into the box now and again to, to reach the lights of Kane because that's something we really lack especially from Emerson we sometimes don't get those crosses to see Davies pinging them in is, is something I think we've lacked so yeah definitely make it continue 
What what changes then, Holly, would you expect um, Conte and Stellini to make on Sunday, if any? I don't know. It's difficult because, again, we've managed to beat West Ham and there you would typically say one of our rivals in that kind of respect. So with Chelsea, it's kind of the same thing. Again, you can't really put them on the same level pegging because it, it is Chelsea and we have some sort of mind block against them. Um, I think in terms of consistency, because, again, we lack that consistency, probably keep it the same. Um, I would like to see Pedro Porro start. And I think lots of people would. But I don't know whether that's because he's just a new signing and he's a new sparkly thing. So I don't think I don't know whether that's because of it or whether, again, he might be able to wind up Felix. I'm not sure. But I think in terms of consistency, possibly keep it the same. You could probably argue that Saar might come in and have a run in because he looks so calm on the ball in midfield. Um, but again, with Skip and Hoiberg trying to form that new relationship, would you want to upset the boat or rock the boat too early on? I'm not sure. So personally, maybe keep it the same. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Would you, I was, that's another point, um, actually, Holly, um, that I was going to make about um, Saar and Skip. Do you, do you expect them to... Uh, you know, alternate, you know, week by week? Or, or do you think that the partnership is now Skip and Hoiberg? I think it's too early to say. I think Hoiberg's always going to be that rock. Um, he does now and again irritate me, but I think most players do again have that inconsistency of winding me up. So I think Hoiberg will be the main man just because he's that Viking. He has a strong presence. And I've noticed in his game now that he's he's got these like tactical bits that happen. Say if there's a foul going down here and he gets hit in the air, he'll go down for a little bit longer than he needs to. So his game management is really there. So I think Hoiberg will be the main guy and I think it'll be Saar and Skip that alternate. But I think because of how well we played against West Ham, the fact that we're thinking about obviously Richardson starting over Sonny, I think just to keep the midfield the same, I think would be perfect for Chelsea. Lee, if you had your choice, would you go with the same starting eleven uh, that beat West Ham? Out of who's fit? <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 I just think it's very difficult. When Hunmin Song comes off the bench, how can you then not play him in the next game? Because if you look at his overall game on the day, um, I thought he had a, had some um, difficult moments. There was a few, uh, there was a few times he kept getting caught in, in possession and put us under a little bit of pressure. Um, so that bothered me a little bit because he was right back in our own third doing that. So I didn't think he played particularly well. I didn't think he had a, a storming game. He, got, he scored a great goal um, and he was set up really well by by Harry Kane, who had a, who had a, a, a good game without scoring. So I don't think he's done enough, in my opinion, um, to win me over to say, yes, he's back. I think, you know, it's great to see him score a goal. It's great to see him smiling again. And we're all winning him to get back to where he is. But I mean, Stellini said today that he's been carrying a, an injury or he can't bring, brought something forward. So that says to me that he's not really 100%. Uh, he talked about 70% and, uh, and all the rest of it. So 
for me, Richarlison is, is the best one to be starting with, especially for that aggression, as, as the other guys have said. Get him on there, get him winding a few up, get him running at him, get him pushing them about and, and roughing them up a little bit. And then in the last in the last sort of uh, 30 minutes or so, let's get Sun on, running at those tired legs and giving them something to think about. You know, for me, I don't think Richarlison has had a had enough game time, really, for us to, to be saying, you know, he's made it or he hasn't. You know, I think he's had a difficult time. He's had an injury and everything else. But we we could see in the World Cup what he can do, you know, when he's playing as an out-and-out striker. I mean, maybe why not put him up front and, and drop Kane back down a little bit to be that provider because he does that so well. I mean, he's a player who can literally do anything. So, for me, I wouldn't change it. I, I would leave Richarlison in the team. I mean, the other one as well, Emerson, I, I think he's played well enough to, to, to stay in the team. I haven't seen Porro's um, debut, but by all accounts, it was a disaster class from what I've been told. So yeah. uh, do you really want to chance that against a team like Chelsea uh, in, a, in a game that you really, really need to win to start building that consistency? Maybe he'd be better off in the FA Cup, you know, starting a little bit slower and getting some minutes under his belt there and building his confidence back up. So for, for me, I think it's, it's pretty much the same team. It picks itself um, even with the Skip and Saar situation, I think Skip probably edges it by the, the fact that he's got a little bit more Premier League experience um, and he's a little bit more um, maybe aggressive and a little bit more defensive-minded when it needs to be. Because I think as much as I want to see us come out fast, as Gareth said, I'm not sure that's going to happen. And I'm not sure Chelsea will want to let that happen because I think they'll be fearful of something happening, like as Gareth suggested, if we get one, could we get you know, could we get two or three, you know, and then put them really under pressure because they've got to come at you then. And then that plays into our hands with players like Sun coming in. So, sorry, it sounds like I'm waffling a little bit, but you get the point I'm trying to make. Perisic or Davis for you, Lee? So, I really like, I really like Davis. I, you know, I'm one of those people that's always had a lot of time for him. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a real good, um, hard-working professional. He's not the he's not the slickest. He's not the he's not the you know the superstar and all the rest of it. But I think he will do more and he will work really really hard for the team. And as Holly said, if you're playing with wing backs, you need to see crosses going in the box. I mean, how many crosses have we seen going in the box? And it really frustrates me. Emerson on one side, Perisic or Sessegnon on the other side. They you know they're running at someone and then they turn back and play it backwards. And I'm like, no, just beat the man and play the ball in. You know, give. Give Kane something to put his head on, you know. Give him something uh, because that's only the only place where our attacking um, is coming from. You know, there's no one there's, apart from Kane dropping deep. There's no one really there to to kind of create that um, that flare in the middle to, to create those chances. So for, for me, I, I think Davis did enough to, to carry on. I, I, I really like the kid. I think he's good. Gareth, where a lot of fans say about Richarlison hasn't been given a lot of game time this season since his summer move from Everton, um, with the likes of him, um, where does the game time come from um, if Hunmin Son is going to be back into the starting eleven? Because, you know, you've got Dan Juma as well. How on earth, where, where on earth is his game time going to come from? This is it, Chris. We've got a lot of games coming up, but if you look at every game, it's an important game. You know, even Sheffield, you know, it's that's a big, big game. You know, it's not as if it's a third round. You know, this is a chance to get into the quarterfinals. So, again, you have to go semi-strong. You can rotate yeah. around a bit, but you can't really gamble on players that haven't kicked the ball for us. So, you know, I really think the likes of Dan Jimma, 
was signed as cover in case any there was an injury to Richardson or Sean, and you know he was he was really really needed. Because I mean he came on against Preston, we haven't seen him since, have we? You know he came on against sorry he came on against Leicester too, didn't he? For the last sort of ten minutes when the game is over, so you know he's he's not really going to get a fair chance. Um, Richardson, I think that injury came at a really really he, he got them goals against Marseille, and then he played against Leicester and he got that injury, didn't he? Um, and he was out for so long didn't really get a chance today and then he came back and he played in the world cup that really really well buzzing probably full of confidence comes back and then he doesn't really get a look on um and it's funny this week we've been hearing that it was kind of i believe he's signing he was the one really pushing for for richardson whereas maybe we probably thought it was conte looking for him because he's that type of player that conte likes aggressive proven in the premier league but it sounds as if it was levy that was pushing for that signing so maybe that explains why richardson hasn't been given so much game time that we maybe expected but I think with Sonny not performing um, for most of the season, you know, you have to give Richardson a chance. You know, it's it's no good playing, playing him 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. I think if he's getting a start like last week and he didn't have a, a great game, but the first half was quite difficult. You know, we didn't really create anything. West Ham were very, very deep. You know, it was only when we got that goal, the game really changed and he came off shortly after that. So, look, I think I think for in games against Richardson, if he's not scoring, he can still be useful. Um, and it's, it's it's a pity that he's been signed for so much money because I think when you sign a player for sixty million, you expect him to be a world beater. And you know, if you watch Richardson at Everton, he's not that kind of player. He's he can produce good moments, but he's not a consistent, you know, top top player that's going to win you games. You know, so um, I think we just have to play these strengths. The money, Chris. You know, you get him on the team on Sunday, and you let Sonny come off the bench, and you know, if it works again, and you know. Sonny might get frustrated if it keeps happening where he's he's coming off the bench to score and not getting games. But look, it, it should be good competition for Sonny. Maybe that's what he needs. If, if Richardson starts starts scoring goals, then all of a sudden there is a big fight for that position. And I think that's what we need going into the second part, the later part of the season because we're in three competitions, Chris, and Sheffield United are very, very beatable. They're on a really bad run at the minute. Um, they've lost their last couple of games. Um, so we're probably playing them at a good time. AC Milan... We, we spoke about it a few weeks ago. They're not a great side, even though they're wanting a lot. I think that's a game we can very much turn around. So you could, you could be looking at it in March. We're still in three competitions, and we're still in a favourable position for the top four. So we're still, going, we're still going to have to rotate a bit, and that's where Conte has to earn his, earn his, his magic like he did last season, because he has to get the team selection right. If he keeps playing the same players week in, week out, will not last, because last season, as, as Lee rightly says, we were able to prepare one game a week. From March to May, because we we went out of the cup to Middlesbrough, we might not have that luxury this year, so we will have to rotate. Um, and and that is where he has to earn his money. And if he gets us into the top four and wins us a cup, then I'm going to have to issue a full apology. So, where is this game going to be won? Um, give me your give me the Chelsea player that you're most frightened of, Gareth, and uh, give me a prediction for Sunday. Do you know what? I haven't seen a lot. Of him because he's been Potter's been changing it so much. He rarely names the same team, so I literally couldn't tell you what for me. He, he, I think there was one game last week he changed his formation three times in the in the same forty five months. So I think there's a lot. Of, I think it was Paul Merson was saying he needs to pick his team and stick to it. But he he, he does quite it does change a lot. Um, so it's impossible to know what he's going what team he's going to play. I would expect the lad Felix Felix to play. Um, he looks he looks talented. You know, I seen a bit of the the lad they were from Ukraine, Mudrik, he he's frightening in terms of his piss. Um he, he played that game against Liverpool when he came on and I thought well this boy looks special, but it hasn't really happened since. 
So if he played, that would be a real test for Emerson if he if he was at himself. Um, and I think that is why Emerson will play because Poro had that disaster against Leicester and Perisic for me, whilst he does deliver good crosses, he, he looks a really, really poor defender. Um, so I think Davis gives you that that solid option at the back. So hard to know. I think I think the M two in particular are the, are the two to watch out for. Um, but do you know what? I'm really I'm really confident. I think if we if we come out of the blocks, get that early goal, which we have been doing a bit more. We know in the last few games we have been scoring the first goal, even against Leicester when we got beat, we scored the first goal. So that has been happening a bit more frequent. I think if we can get that early goal, we we don't we don't take a handbrake off. We get we push and push and push and we and we won the game comfortably. I don't really see this Chelsea team. I don't see it. We spoke about mentality. I don't think this Chelsea team has the mentality of Chelsea teams before because they're so unexperienced. They they haven't got they haven't really gelled as a team. You know they're there to be taken, Chris. Um, so I think we're going to win the game, and I'm going to say we're going to win two 0 Two 0 Polly, what are you going to go for? It's definitely a goal going in even it. So I'm going to go two one. I think I don't. I I still don't think Foster's going to be that confident in goal. But again, if we can manage to keep them out of our half, which I think strangely we will have a lot of possession. I think. Um, especially the way we played against uh, West Ham. Like uh, Gareth has said, in terms of mentality for Chelsea, I don't think they're going to be in high spirits. So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1, I think. I agree with you, Holly. I'm going to go 2-1 as well. Um, I think we're going to do it on Sunday. Lee, what are you thinking? Um, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the difficulty for Chelsea is... As a family club over, as a time for Dusko now, is all the adults coming on? <laughs> Oh, can you hear music now? What is it? What's going on? <laughs> I thought we were, I thought I thought you were, it was going to be Lee's late night party coming up there. I don't know what's going on. She's she's now she's not, like the missus has just now turned the Alexa off. You just had to turn that Alexa off. Yeah, she turned it. She turned it off. The she's all she's probably watching Jeffy on YouTube in the other room. Um, so going back to going back to football, if you can just let me finish my my uh, thing, because you put me out of my out of my rhythm now. <laughs> so I I agree with Gareth in the fact that they're very because uh, he keeps chopping and changing the team because they're very inexperienced players. I'm not sure that they will be the sim, same sort of Chelsea that would that would give us like a battle of the bridge scenario. So I think. You know, there is a good opportunity there. I, a lot depends on how we do rather than how they do. Uh, but I, I, I hate to say it, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Do you know what, Lee? What One thing, um, one negative thing from last weekend against West Ham, after 55 seconds, um, Bowen had a chance, which he put wide. What yeah. is it about Spurs and, and not starting the way that we should be starting games because after 55 seconds them having a, a glorious chance i you know what i think we come out with the mentality of keeping it tight and trying to defend and and, and frustrate the other team but we're just not any good at it that, that's that's my opinion i think i think conte comes out and says right keep it tight let them play give them the ball let them play let them get 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 tired and let them pass it around and that and we hit them on the break and, and all the rest of it and we grow into the game I and that's not our that's not our strength we're just not very good at that I think you know, I'll, be so into our strength. I'll be so yeah. disappointed if we do that because Chelsea like they're not in a good place we shouldn't be letting them come on to us no absolutely but it was the same at West Ham wasn't it West Ham were in the, in the bottom three 
and yet we were still giving them that time in the first half of that. I mean, the first half against West Ham was boring. It was it was poor football. It was boring, and and everyone was moaning. People were saying about the atmosphere at, at White Hart Lane. It started off, in my opinion, it started off really well. There was some good atmosphere going on that. It got worse as the game went on because the game was boring. Come up the second half, fans were up for it again. We got the goal. The place then started rocking, um, and that makes a difference. And even the West Ham fans, I, and I said it in the video I did, they were really quiet. They were really quiet, which is unusual for them. They're usually really, really up for it. From where I was sitting, I'm in the South Stand, but so where, from where I was, couldn't hear anything from them. I think at one point we were saying, we forgot you, you were here. So um, that's, how it, that's how it felt, right? So, yeah, so, so for me, I think I, I'd love to see us come out and really have a go at it and, and really push them. But I just don't think we, I don't think that's the tactics that, that Conte employs that he wants us to do. I think he wants us to, to feel them out first and give them a bit of time and then kind of really go from and grow into the game. But that that's how it seems. It may not be that it may not be that at all, obviously. Right, so Gareth, Holly and I are all going for wins. Lee you're gonna go for a one one draw. Um Lee, there's lots of rumours and reports going around at the moment about Eric Dyer possibly signing a brand new contract at the club. Um at on uh, at the West Ham game he won his three hundred and fiftieth appearance, uh wow. becoming the the twenty eighth player in the club's history to reach three hundred and fifty appearances. I'm going to ask That's you the straightforward, straightforward question. Does Eric Dyer deserve a new contract at Spurs? Oh, Jesus. Yes or no? No, not in my opinion. I don't think, I don't think he's good enough. I, listen, I, as, a, as a man and as a leader and as a trier, I rate him. I think, he's, I think he works really hard. He, he, he clearly cares about the, the club. He clearly wants to do a good job and everything else. I just don't think he's good enough for a team that should be challenging the Champions League and and getting into the, the top four. But that's you know that's just an opinion. And, I, and I'm sad to say that because the guy has put an awful lot of years into Tottenham. Um, and he has improved as a player from, from when he first came. But I just don't think he's good enough. Gareth, you're a football coach. Every single coach that has come in to Tottenham with Eric Dyer, they seem to love him. I think it's just his mentality, isn't it? He, he has that sort of aura with him. But at this rate, Chris, if we give him a new contract, they'll be having a testimonial for him. And he'll be shoot, we'll be putting up a highlight reel of all his mistakes. Everyone he's let us down. You know, he's let us down more times and he's pulled us out. I think he's ultra consistent in terms that he rarely gets injured. You know, you look back over the last three years, he's played nearly every game. He rarely gets injured. And I think a lot of managers like that. And the fact that he he's quite consistent and he can play different positions, he's, he's played... He's played midfield for us. He's played right back for us. He's played back centre back and a two. He's played centre back and a three. I think a lot of coaches really like that. Um, but personally, I don't see it. You know, you've never heard of a team being interested in him. You know, you think you think about players that are being linked. With him. He's never ever linked with a move. That tells you everything. Nobody else would. Think Man United you know, were once. Where who? Man United were. A uh, years ago. <laughs> That's because they have ago. the fridge. Uh, Diet slightly but, better. But, but I mean, like. <laughs> You look at Liverpool now. Liverpool's an absolute mess. If we offered them Dyer for free, they wouldn't take him. That's how bad. You know, they, that's he's not rated at all. So, you know, personally for me, I, I think he's all right. If he was a squad player, it wouldn't be as bad. The fact that he's a starting player, I'm not sure about that at all. You know, but what what age is he now? Is he 27, 28? 28, I think. 28. So, been here a long time, and you know. And, 
I think if he gets that contract, that's basically him here until he's moved on at a, at a later age for a cut price fee. He didn't cost a lot of money, to be fair, but I just I just don't think if we're, upgrade, if we're extending his contract, that will worry me in terms of you know who's coming in the summer. Because if you're extending his contract, it's it's going to be on. He's going to be getting a pay raise as well. I'd imagine if he's getting a new contract. So is that going to guarantee him a starting place? You know, for me, I would rather have Romero and a top. You know, a Conte likes to play with three, but for me, I'd I'd love to see us sign a top top centre back in the summer, possibly even two, because I'm not convinced um, on the other centre backs we have. You know, Rodon is he going to come back? We haven't seen enough of him at Spurs. They they, they make our minds up with with him. Um, Ren seemed to love him. To be fair, Ren seemed to be a big fan of him. Um, so there could be could be potential he actually signs on for Ren. But for me, we need two top quality centre backs for for Conte. You know, if he's going to play his football, as Lee said, he likes to be quite tight at the back and negative at times, and it does drive me mad. But you know, if it gets results, I'll be all for it. And the only way we're going to get results playing that way is by top defenders. So we're going to have to sign two. Um, you know, personally, we've been linked with a lad. Um, the Croatian centre back played for Leipzig, Garvid, Garvidal, or you know, I've watched him a few times. He he looks top notch. Um, he would be he would be my preference, but there's going to be a lot of teams, Chris, fighting for fighting for for, for that type of player. And I think you know, coming back to it, whilst we all want trophies, that is why the top four is important. You know, Liverpool have been looking for Bellingham for a couple of years now, and it's been kind of like a a Don Diddy's going there. But all of a sudden now, because they're maybe not in the top four, there's question marks about it. So if we're going to sign the top players, the European top players, they always want to play in the Champions League, Chris. So I think yeah. that's why it's really important we find top four as much as we all want to win trophies. We have to find a way of doing both. And this weekend's a massive weekend, I think. Newcastle's not playing because they're playing in the cup final. You know, Liverpool have a tough game away at Palace tomorrow night. You know what Palace is like on the lights? It's always a tough game. Liverpool are fragile. I, I can see them getting turned over. The fact that Zaha's back. You know, if we're sitting at 3 o'clock on, 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 on Sunday, Liverpool have been beat or draw. Newcastle haven't played and we beat Chelsea. We're favourites for that for a position, Chris. So it, it, it's a pivotal weekend. We have to take advantage. Dean has just confirmed, by the way, that Dyer is 29. Um, Polly, let's come to you. Um, Sport in Spain are stating that Spurs are thinking about making the Clement Lingley signing a permanent one in the summer. Would you be happy if that business was done? I mean, I wouldn't not be happy because we've just spoken about giving a contract to Dyer, so it just kind of alleviates the the, the fact that our backline's quite old. Um, so I was I don't think he's done a bad job. Again, if he's going to be there for a rotation player, cool. But that means we have to go and sign someone in the summer to obviously go alongside the likes of Romero because, like Gareth has said, giving Dyer another contract, you think to yourself, "Oh my word, does that mean we're not getting another?" defender in to to bring ourselves up so in terms of Langley I wouldn't be displeased with it but I just want something more as well if that makes sense I know as Spurs fans we always want more but I think that kind of shows where we are as a fan base we're getting to that point where we're impatient because we want to win trophies we've waited a long time to be able to do so and when you've got the foundations of Harry Kane you've got the foundation just on you've got Romero surely now you're thinking okay we just need to add a few more players and this could really click so Langley fine cool get it done but I want someone else as well that would really worry me Chris if, if we give Dyer a new contract and sign Langley I would be really worried I think the protest might start again because the people would be thinking are we going to get a centre back again because if we're signing a player on a new contract and signing a player for me that's not done enough yeah, I think he's done okay but I, 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 want, I want better you know there's a reason Barcelona let him go you know, Barcelona just conceded four goals against Man United over two games and 
They were they were really awful at the back. That was their weak link. And if he can't get on that team, why is he good enough for us? Holly, let me come back to you on that point because um, the amount of times that I think Spurs fans say, oh, yeah, well, he's a squad player. He's okay. Should we be accepting he's okay? You know, shouldn't we be aiming a lot higher than that? Because, you know, at, at some point, we want to be challenging for, for the real top honours, the Premier League title. Um, you know, some people might laugh at that, but that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? You know, so shouldn't we be targeting top, top, top players, not signing um, players that are just okay or squad players? We should be, but again, with Spurs, we never seem to do so. Uh, I mean, like all of us, we all want to win trophies. We all want to be titling, uh, banging for that, knocking on that title door, but it never seems to happen. So I say, yeah, we do go for okay players, but I think if you get the foundations right, which at the moment, Langmay's only just come in, and I know he hasn't maybe had the best of times, but when he's coming, he's, he's done an okay job, but you've got the likes of Dyer that's been there for years and we're still pitting up with that um, mediocre player. I think in terms of that, I think that's where we're really at this point of, okay, we want to do better, but how comes we've still got Dyer that's been here since way before time? That's my that's my problem. If you want to get in top players, you need to shift out the players that have been here for so long. And I think we always bang on about mentality as Spurs fans, but that's because we've got the same players the whole time that have the same mentality. So I think it's a very hard kind of discussion to have in terms of we all want better but how are you going to get better if you're still stuck with the same players before you get them out there's no way you're going to bring anybody else in I think sadly How would you look to um, improve the starting 11 Holly in the summer? <laughs> Have you got a list? Have you got a piece of paper? Um, I think for me like we've all kind of said tonight it's that defence because we always say we've got a great attacking force we can counter-attack but as soon as we've got a team that want to come at us, we, we just capitulate. Um, especially, I think we've got better at, at set pieces of defending things, but as soon as one head goes, they kind of all go. And I think Romero has really been the guy that's kind of gelled that back line together. We saw it when Romero was out, we had Dyer at the back and it went to pieces. So I think if we get another defender in that's of the same ability of Romero or better, because like you said, we want to get players in that are better, then yeah, okay, I'll be thinking to myself, all right, we're, we're making steps of progress. But until that defence is fixed, again, like you say, I, I don't know where else, because I think everywhere else we're kind of okay. And I know people talk about a creative midfielder, but if Conte is still here... Conte isn't going to want to play with a creative midfielder unless he's forced to. And then that's another opinion that you, you've you got another argument of, well, if Conte doesn't want a creative midfielder, he's not going to go get one, is he? So, yeah, I think it's difficult right now to say what I'd want because we still got Conte at the helm because this, in the next like couple of months, it could be a totally different ball game. Lee, let's come to you. Um, Rodrigo Bentancur, um, some reports are stating that he's going to be out until September. Sky Sports reported yesterday is going to be out until November. This is a huge loss to us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been one of the one of the better players and one of the better signings that we've had, along with, with Kulisewski. You know, I don't think we've had a better signing um, for, for a while. You know, Romero, you can kind of put up there. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a massive, it's a massive loss, especially as you've, we've lost Basuma as well. Um, but Sar does look like a decent player, and hopefully he can get a bit more game time and really show what he's what he's about, you know. Um, and hopefully that will make a that will you know give us enough to kind of get us through. But to lose a player like Benton Corey is 
you know, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I just wanted to go back on the point that you you made about shouldn't we be looking for better players because we should be shouldn't we be challenging for for the title and so on? That's yeah. a fan. That, the problem with that is that's a fan's opinion. That's a fan's opinion. It's not necessarily a owner's position, and that's where the golfing what we do and what we want it, it comes from. You know, that's why they're happy with someone like Eric Dyer to keep going because. He's doing all right. He, he's ticking over. He keeps us going. He's consistent. He doesn't keep getting injured and blah blah blah. So he's a safe. He's a safe option as opposed to splashing out sixty-five million on someone like on Don Bella, who comes in and is absolutely pants for us, and we can't shift him on two hundred grand a week. You know that's not a good business model for someone like like Daniel Levy, and that's the, and that's a real difficulty because we have taken a punt and spent a lot of money here and there on certain players. And they just never seem to, to work out for us. What do you think will happen with all those players, Lee? The Ondombele's, the Celso, etc., all, all coming back in the summer. I, I think they'll. I think they'll basically put them out on loan again and try to try to just recoup some money. Because at this moment in time, I don't see anybody really spending that kind of money on on all these players. You know, the money that we've invested in them, I don't see us getting that back. So I think it's a case of taking what we can and reducing the wage pool so that we can invest in other places. Um, you know, but th those players that are out, they're not really they're not really tearing it up, are they? So they're not really ingratiating themselves with the clubs they're at to, to really make a really make a statement payment for them. So I personally don't think they've got a future at Tottenham and I think they'll, they'll need to be loaned out again. Gareth, let's come to you. Um, lots of rumours and reports, and I think it's expected by a lot of people at the moment that Conte won't be Spurs manager next season. Uh, lots of rumours and reports are going around stating that Spurs are impressed by Roberto De Zerbi of Brighton. What do you think of him, and, and would he be a name that you'd be pleased with if he did replace Conte? Well, you look, you look at the way Brighton are playing. Like he, it's hard not to be impressed, but... I'd have, I'd have reservations about that because it's only been such a short, you know, when, when I said about Pottery, he had been doing it at Brighton for a few years. You know, he's only had, he's only, he's only come on there, you know, since Potter's left. So he, you're judging him on a, on a short space of time. You know, that will be a big, big gamble. Um, but they are playing some great football. And they, they you know, he's obviously got, he's, a, he's Brighton in terms of their whole structure. They've got an eye for a player. Deserbi's come on. And Brighton had that issue of they were creating chances, but not scoring goals. But, all of a sudden now they are scoring goals. So I don't know what, what was happening there. Uh, well, our players were letting them down in front of the goal and now it's just clicked. If you look at it last week, it was kind of like the old Brighton come back. They absolutely battered Fulham, but just couldn't put the ball in the net. Um, look, if he comes in, I tell you there'll be a massive shift in the terms of football. You'll, you'll be excited. You know, whether that brings you the results is another question, but there'll definitely be an excitement around him because his teams do play good football. He's not your typical Italian manager that, you know, defends and sits back. So, you know, in terms of entertainment, I would be all for it. But, you know, this 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 Conte thing's really up in the air, Chris, because you know what? We're, if you look at it on paper, we're still in a good position. You know, if he finishes top four and some, if he was the one a cup and he was to say, look, I'm stepping down because I don't believe the support, there's the, the, you know, the board's not backing me, then there's going to be absolutely, you know, it's going to go mental in the summer in terms of the fans are really going to be on the owner's back. Um, and Levy's, you know, Levy's going to be, under serious pressure. So there's a lot can happen between now and uh, May. Um, and you know what, Chris, as much as we criticise the football times, it's what results in the matter. You know, if we was to finish top four and won a cup, no one will remember the boring first half against West Ham. People will remember us holding the FA Cup up or you know, finishing the top four. 
So it's a really tricky one. Um, it all depends on how the season finishes. Chris Conte, I think if Conte was the finished top four and he was the they won a trophy, then you know as much as I've criticised him for his style of play, you have to give him the money. You, you really do because he's earned it. You know he will have done something that no other Spurs manager's done. You know since Ram when right he was a disaster, but he, he won a cup. But in terms of backing it up with league position as well, you know that that would be a first for us for a long, long time. Um, so it all depends on results we see now and, and, and the end of the season, Chris. Um, but if, if he does move on, the Zebra is definitely on the shortlist. But I do think there's other options out there with more experience. Well, I've got two last questions for all of you. Um, who will be the Spurs manager on the 1st of August? Who will take uh, pre-season next, next uh, in the summer? And uh, where will Spurs finish in the league table at the end of this season? Holly, let's start with you. I'm going to go Conte. And I'm going to say... It sounds horrendous, but personally, I would rather win a trophy than finish top four this season. Because, yes, I know it brings players in, but I feel like we need a big culture shock with the guys at the top to be like, look, you need to invest something because it's going to be hard again to finish top four. So I'm going to say trophy and fifth. Trophy. Wow. OK. And and Conte, you're saying? Yeah, I'm going to say Conte's going to stay. Can I ask you why you're so confident about Conte? Just because I think, again, I think it's impatience. Um, we we nearly had a trophy with Jose. Yes, again, it wasn't the nicest football, but we were grinding out results. So for me, I'd rather have a man that plays boring, but we win something at the end of the day, than watch someone that plays pretty football and win nothing and have nothing to show for it. And we've tried the pretty football. Yes, there's loads of arguments that Poch was never back, this, that and the other. And But if another creative manager comes in, who's to say he's not going to get backed again? And I know people are saying they want Poch in again, but what's to say he's going to get backed again? I think, so I think while we've got Conte, let's just run with him, I think. And if it's going to be boring, but we're going to win a trophy, so be it. I'm going to say, Holly, I, I would love Conte to stay and I would like him to stay. That would be my preferred choice. But I can see Pochettino coming back. <laughs> I really oh, can. man. I, I don't dislike the guy. I loved him because he gave me the best years of my life watching Tottenham play. But we don't have anything to show for it. And mm. that's that's my only thing. And if he wasn't backed in the first place, what has changed for that to happen now? Because the players are still here that he had, basically. Like nothing has changed, so yeah. I, I, right now, I don't. I think it's too soon to bring Poch back. Give it maybe after Conte's gone or one other manager, and then later on bring Poch back. I just think now is too soon. Yeah, I think whether we want it or not, as the fans, I think that's what we're going to get. Um, because Lee, actually, so, oh, sorry, I was just going to say on. that would be a way to say to the fans. Don't worry, guys. We brought back the guy you love, so you can love us again. I think that's that's pro that's yeah. what they did with Conte. They brought Nuno yeah. in, and everybody kicked off about it. And they thought, don't worry, guys. We've got Conte anyway. And it will be another. It will be a neutralizer. It will be like it's all trying right, to guys. Appease, trying to appease the fans, isn't it? Trying to appease yeah. the fans. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So hmm. sorry, guys. interrupts. <laughs> that's all right. No, Lee. Lee, what are you going for? Where do you think we'll finish at the end of this season? Who will be the Spurs manager at the start of next season? I, I think we may we may um, sneak into the top four, just about. I've skin of our teeth, maybe, and I think it'll probably end up somewhere like Ryan Mason 
maybe Ryan Mason will probably end up as the manager. You know, probably Conte will probably walk away and they'll go for the easy option. I, remember, it was me that it was me that said that that Nuno would be our manager. Do you remember I said I said that? Like one of the times I, I was on it, and I was right. So it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest that he's not being lined up because the media are already talking to Stellini about him being a manager and all the rest of it. It just wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Ryan Mason. You really think Ryan Mason? I don't really think. I don't really think Ryan Mason, but I, I, it wouldn't shock me, put it that way. But I, I agree about the, the Pochettino thing. I think, if anything, they would bring Pochettino back just to be able to say, oh, yeah, well, he, was the, he was the one and he's got unfinished business and he'll appease a load of the fans and all the rest of it. But, but you could make a whole podcast just debating Pochettino, yeah. yes or no. So, yeah. As, as I said, Lee, on this channel many, many times, I'd love to see Pochettino back one day, but I just feel that there is so much Antonio Conte needs to do at this football club, and I just hope he gets the time to do it. Um, I, don't, I don't think I've got another project in me. I, I just don't think I've got enough years left to go yeah. through another rebuilding project. I, I think yeah. this is the time. Now's the time to bring me a trophy so that I can celebrate one last time before I kick me heels in. Yeah. I love it how all, all three of you mentioned trophies before me. Um, <laughs> Gareth, Gareth, what do you reckon? Um, look, we spoke about it before. We we um, we can't. Look, I think if he was going to sign, he would have signed me now. I think what I was saying before was just how it'll be interpreted. You know, if he if he really finished for for a second for not winning a trophy, I don't think there'll be much of a fuss made if he does go because I think he's faded over this season. Really, I think if he was the finished top four, and I think he's leading now. And he won the cup and he says, you know, I, I left because it wasn't backed. And there's going to be absolutely chaos around that because, you know, the board's going to get hammered. But I think he's going anyway, Chris, because the contract would have been signed. You know, as I said, they've had, they've had numerous chats. Um, you know, we're we're nearly in March now. You know, what's the hold up? You know, nothing's going to be that different in the summer. So I do think it is just about getting them the season. So I do think he will be leaving. Um, who I like and who we're going to get is a different thing. I think Potch will be back. You know, as as Holly says, add some you know unbelievable times on their pitch. The way we played, the connection between the fans and the players and the team. You know, we haven't really had that since Potch has left. But as as Holly says, for all that great football, we we failed to turn up at the at the big moments. Um, and we have, and to be fair, we have since as well. Even under Mourinho, we didn't want a cup. You know, if, if Conte leaves, and we don't want a cup. Is that really any different? You know, so. For me personally, Chris, this is going to sound crazy because it's an RX Chelsea manager. I would, I would, Thomas Tuchel's available. I wouldn't be against him coming on. Um, I think he's got the he's got the pedigree. He's 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 won a league. Sorry, he's won the FA Cup with Chelsea, hasn't he? And he's won the Champions League with Chelsea. You know, yeah. and he he played good football at Chelsea as well. I think he was caught in the midst of that whole changeover. And you know, when a new a new owner comes on, they always want to pick a new manager. I've seen it with Newcastle. You know, Steve Bruce last at one game. You know, and first sign of a bad, couple of bad results at Chelsea they pulled the pulled the coach out and they put they put their own man on um so you know I think he was hard done by at Chelsea and there's a lot of Chelsea fans are absolutely gutted that he's still not the manager and if he was still available in the summer he would be my number one target um and he's also a Spurs fan apparently as well so he's, he's actually openly said that so maybe maybe that'll that could be an extra incentive um for him to come um but I do think we're going to be, have Pochettino back Chris and only time will tell if that's the right decision yes Yes, I agree. Um, Gareth, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you back. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. 
All right, uh, at Yards Hotspurs, mainly talking Spurs or Premier League football. Coach, they have a lot of coaching as well at amateur level. So, um, as I said, it'd be great to get a couple more followers. And again, thanks for some of the comments on the shows recently. Um, these are absolutely brilliant. And stay tuned on because these podcasts are brilliant as well. Thank you very much, Gareth. And Holly, thanks so much for coming back. And uh, actually, we didn't even mention your Match of the Day appearance. You must talk about that. Oh, man. No, thank you for inviting me on. I do love, as much as I love doing Holly Hotspurs and being the host, I actually like sometimes talking about my own opinions. So thank you, Chris, for inviting me on. Um, yeah, I was weirdly on Match of the Day uh, with Expressions, which was a bit surreal, not going to lie. Um, but yeah, no, it's quite nice to then obviously win uh, that day as well. Otherwise, it would have been a bit of a... Yeah, not a great day. But uh, yeah, I literally just do a podcast uh, every Monday at 7pm. Go over everything that's happened at the weekend. And that's pretty much it. You can find me on all socials at my name, Holly Agabar. But yeah, make sure everybody uh, likes and subscribes to Chris's show because it is class. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Holly, thank you so much. And Lee, pleasure having you back. And tell everyone about your YouTube channel because uh, it's growing, isn't it? Yeah, very, very slowly, Chris. Very slowly, slow but sure. A bit like myself, I'm, I'm still plodding away. Um, yeah, so I, I'm leader Dorset Spur. You'll find me on every, every bloody where that I can get my name. I, I put it out there. I'm still working on my OnlyFans, Chris. As I said last time, I was. I've still got some work to do on that, uh, but I'm building up my portfolio already. Um, so yeah, so leader Dorset Spur. You'll find me on there. I have got a YouTube channel. I, I do videos on there not every so often after games and stuff like that. So it'd be great to have people come along and, uh, and subscribe. That'd be great. Lee, just tell everyone what um, what sort of videos they can expect from your channel. It's, it's mainly you talking after the games, isn't it? And dissecting yeah, the game. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I just kind of give my opinion on how the game's gone and stuff like that. And any kind of big stories. I, I did one about, about he who shouldn't be mentioned uh, and about him being upset about people still not liking him and things like that. So I kind of talk about anything that really takes my fancy. But generally speaking, I'm doing a review of how I felt the game went rather than how everybody else felt. And I'd, I like to think that I'm sort of uh, calm and collected and very honest. We're, yeah. If we're good, we're good. If we're bad, we're bad. So, Yes. Well, Lee, pleasure having you back. Lee, Gareth, Holly, thanks so much. And uh, thanks to everybody for watching and for listening. And I will see you after the Chelsea game back on this channel, hoping we are talking about a win. Until then, come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com botox cosmetic out botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. 
To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 